Fellas, say goodbye to Chuck Sherman the boy. I am now a man. I highly recommend you join the club. We are doing the wild thing all night. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Sherman. Sherman, I could build this food. Is that all you gonna eat? General Sherman realized and understood the importance of house music. So, do you know anything about techno? No. Listen. Yeah, you know. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherm in the Booth. I'm, of course, your host, Sherm, and today is Wednesday, April 1st, 2020. This is episode 104, 104. Hope everyone is doing well out there. I know it's a crazy time to be alive. The coronavirus is affecting everyone on a worldwide scale on many different levels, but it's so important that we stick together, we stay home and we stay safe and we gotta stay entertained. So you know I'm gonna be keeping it going with new episodes of Sherman the Booth every single week. Today is no exception and I'm really, really excited about this one, guys. Now, although of course I wish we could have done this in person, I'm so glad I still got to get this guy on the show for his Skype interview. Episode 104 features the one, the only, Ose. He is one of my favorite up and comers in Chicago. He is such a dope techno producer and I love his music. He's an incredible live DJ and he's one of the most humble guys that I've ever met. Now, the reason that I wanted to do this in person is because he really is such a character, but it ended up being a blessing in disguise because we got an inside look at his studio. And of course, he's got all the gadgets that every great techno producer needs. But it was such a blast to talk to him about his musical journey. He started off in rock and metal and now he's making techno, but he still appreciates his roots. We cover the basis here, guys. How he makes his music, his inspirations for it, his new record label, 5150. Shout out. You guys got to check it out. He's going to be doing some really cool things. Now, we also got a little deep in this one, guys, and I don't know if it was the whiskey talking, but I had a great conversation with Wade about what it was like to be insecure in high school and then how he actually found his journey going into college and then how he went to Icon Collective and really found his calling, making music. So without further ado, guys, let's get into it right now. Episode 104 with Ose. How you been? What's going on? My friend, how about you? I've been good, man. I've been staying busy. Yeah, I I got a day job in logistics, so it's pretty busy, man. Like a lot of fucking food and beverage customers. The trucks don't stop, you know? Trucks don't stop, baby. Shout out to our, shout out to our fucking backbone of America. Yeah, absolutely, the backbone of America, man. I love that. I wish we could. I wish we could have done this in person, man. I was just telling my I roommate, he was like, "Who's who you interviewing?" And I was like, "Dude, I don't even know how to describe this guy because he's like such a such a unique guy, such a character." Like, <laughs> it's okay. This is almost funnier, honestly. We are setting an example, like you said, right? Yeah, we gotta. Uh, show them what's up and i mean if you wanna if you wanna make music fucking get used to sitting in your room alone because you gotta do a lot of that <laughs> i think you said it best right your incubation's your middle name i said quarantine my middle is my middle name but it's patrick i lied <laughs> so sorry about that that's okay I'll forgive you, man. I'll forgive you. Well, cheers, bro. Cheers, my friend. Nice. Mm-hmm. Ah, I've been drinking like almost every single night. I think I every do, single night. I can't drink. It makes me 
really depressed. Like, I really like alcohol. I like nice beer. I like good whiskey. Yeah. Um, but it just is so miserable to be alone, fucking drunk for me. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I try to stay away from it. I'm more of a a, a smoker. That usually works better for me. Yeah, I agree. That that alone. Do you do you feel like you're more creative when you're high and you're producing? Honestly, um, because I don't. I don't know how these rappers and some of these producers do. I think I think that's a cop out. You know, it's like I just made this track, and you know, it's a good track, but I don't fucking like it because I made it. Yep. I think it's it's kind of like that. It's like this isn't me. This like this is the the weed or the whatever drugs alcohol or whatever it's not this it's that which it does it come from you i don't know it might be creativity might be coming from somewhere else but i think that that might be a little bit of a a subtle cop out to saying that you make cool shit i like that fucking it didn't it didn't take long for me to like you because you're the type of person who wears their heart on their sleeve and um you know i had heard so many good things about you uh, max quinones is a mutual friend of ours of course Love him. he told me this hilarious story about you at bottle blonde i was like wait was it bottle blonde <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> no yeah. offense right but uh no no offense at all like, i know hey. people they go there like i'm sure we have a lot of mutual respects and I'll kick it with them all day, but like, just like, you can look at me. Um, like, I'm not the really the type of guy that would go to Bottle Blonde. Uh, but <laughs> to, to elaborate on the story, like, uh, he he was playing whatever he was playing Spy Bar after, so we were going to Spy Bar. Right. And I had a really cool fucking trench coat, you know, very yeah. uh, dark and ominous, and I'm. I get anxious and I was just, you know, pacing around. I pace around my studio, my house, whatever, just looking weird. And I was like, oh, fuck. And I went up to Max. I was like, dude, like, I feel like someone, like, might actually think that I'm going to shoot up this place. Like, I'm a fucking crazy. I look like an absolute crazy man. Like, what is wrong with me? Oh, my God. But, hey, it's a cool trench coat, so fuck it, you know? That's so funny. <laughs> And he's like, no, 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 it's just, it's just Wade, bro. It's we're good, we're good. It's, yeah, and I mean, at Spy Bar, this motherfucker has a trench coat. That's cool as fuck. And at, at, at Bottle Bond, it's like, dude, this dude is up to no good. <laughs> Less than two blocks away from each other, or something like that, right? And the world is completely different. Yeah, we walked there. I got lost a couple of times because I don't know. I have no sense of direction, and I had to walk to my car, and I, I don't know. But I know how to get the spy bar and leave spy bar and go to where I'm going. But you throw a bottle blonde in there, or even sound bar, which is across the street. I don't know yeah. what's going on. Have you ever thought? And this was probably back in the day for me when I first moved to Chicago. Thought I was going to sound bar and ended up at spy bar. And honestly, it was the best mistake I ever made. <laughs> I mean, I have one of those that was not a good mistake. <laughs> I, I walked out of Spy Bar uh, a little bit uh, under the influence. 
Sure. And I walked out to the other, like the other bottle. I thought it was bottle blonde for the longest time across the street. Once again, no disrespect, but like all the lights fucking hit me in the face and I was like, oh my God, what the, where the fuck am I? And I was walking this girl to like an Uber, you know, and I was trying to go back in and I guess I went back into sound bar and these are two, two places that I've been to a million times. (laughs) um, Sound bar. Yeah. And I walk in there for like a second really. And then I'm like, uh, this makes me sound like a jerk. I'm like, oh my god, it's a big house. I gotta leave. So I walk out all disoriented again, and mm-hmm. then I get back to my car, and I have no social security card, no none of my like debit cards, credit cards, like <laughs> ID, any passport. Or I already lost my fucking ID before. <laughs> I lost my passport and shit, and I was like, oh my god, like I'm just an enigma. Like, do I really exist? Yeah, no, you don't. Yeah, and so that was that was one of my mistakes. My my mistakes are usually pretty, uh, not like hell yeah. It's like whoa, I guess I should probably learn from this. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! Am I coming clear, or am I coming through clear? By the way. Yeah. Okay. You're looking as handsome as ever. Sure. Really? Love. Because I was supposed to get my hair cut yesterday, dude, and I get my hair cut every two weeks. And uh, honestly, there's been a few things that have really made me feel like, wow, the corona is getting in my way. It wasn't even like I got to work from home. It wasn't like, oh, like all gigs are canceled. It was like no samples at Costco and I can't get my hair cut. It's fucking I, up my shit, man. I think you look good. I actually was trying to get a haircut, too. It would probably surprise most people. I do get haircuts. Yeah. But, um, I cut my own hair today a little tiny bit, cleaned it up a little bit, and shaved. A lot of the time, I, I shave myself, and I just I fuck it up, and I have to shave all of it. But today, <laughs> it's pretty good, especially under pressure. If I have some like anything like this, like I should probably look a little bit better, I'll yeah. just fuck and I'm like, oh, God, now I don't have facial hair, so I have nothing to cover my ugly. I think you look good, dude. You look really good. And I know that's why I get married every two weeks, because I'm afraid to shave my beard. I'm afraid I'm going to fuck it up. Oh, you will fuck it up. <laughs> you will fuck it up. I will fuck it up. I know. You're right. Jesus Christ, yeah. dude. I am going to fuck it up. Well, thanks for the reassurance. I'm just going to grow it out. Like, honestly, whatever. Dude, every everyone's gonna be on a level playing field after uh, after all this blows over. Everyone's gonna be overweight like me, ugly like me. Like I'm gonna be thriving like I am right now. Like I just sit in here and make music. Except like I told you earlier, I don't like being told what to do. Yeah. So even though it's what I want and what I probably would be doing, I don't like being told what to do. So it's kind of like, oh my god. I think that's kind of how most people are right now. Like. Everybody could be inside, but it's like, stay inside. I don't want to. I know. I saw a meme, and it's like, <clears throat> coronavirus is not going on. People are like, oh, I'm going to stay inside this weekend. I'm going to you know, not do anything. And it's like, you can't go outside, and people are like freaking out. And it is. It's like an inverse world right now for people. Yeah. But hey, that shows you how important community is. And that should, and hopefully this teaches people to care about your neighbor and 
check in on people. You, you know what? Fuck your neighbor. Like, just the people that you really love. Yeah. Like, check in on them. Once a month is good. I promise you give people a call, like, and just say, hey, what's up? They'll really appreciate it because not a lot of people do that. I agree, you know? man. I agree. I, I do my absolute best to do that as well. And just a little bit goes a long way. You're completely That's right. As long as it's genuine, you know, if you, if you care about people, are we cheers again? Um, if you care about people, um, and like, if you just show what you're really about, even if you don't care about people, like, even if you're a dick, like that could be good for whatever you're doing, you know, as long as you're true to yourself, there's going to be people that uh, gravitate towards you. If you are a dick, it's probably not going to be the best people, but if you are a good person, like how I try to be, it's going to yeah. be people like you and Max and, you know, all the awesome people from the Chicago scene that I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later. Yeah, man. You know, <clears throat> I always love interviewing people who are from Chicago. You're from Chicago, right? Yes, from the Burbs, but... From the Burbs. Well, listen, I'm from, I grew up in Indiana, so it's all the same to me, man. So you don't have to put on the whole facade like I'm not from Chicago. Everybody, you're from Chicago, baby. Like, you, don't, you don't get mad about it, you know? It's it's yeah. way easier. It's way easier <laughs> to say that, but people get butthurt about it. I still have the, the, the Chicago grit, that's for damn sure. Yeah, you got the Chicago grit, but you also got that Midwest flair, that Midwest positive attitude. Like, you're so oh. welcoming. You're so, like, supportive, bro. And... I think that's a huge thing, right? Like wearing your heart on your sleeve is, is, you know, honestly unfortunate that it's not so common anymore with people. I don't know if it's social media. I don't know if it's the world we live in today, but you are one of the most Midwestern, like supportive guys that I know in the electronic scene, like top to bottom. You've been a fan of Sherman the Booth for a while and I appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that, uh, a bit of that probably comes from insecurity because I've been insecure for a long time and I wasn't, and I was very mean and off putting to people because of my insecurities and my problems. And it's hard to support people when you're not happy with yourself. So I think that to be able to really fuck with your shit and whoever else's shit, which is awesome stuff, you have to be uh, okay with all of your flaws and shortcomings and positives about yourself as well you know yeah absolutely man and i mean the one I, I said that because i wanted to ask where you're from right but like just these first few minutes here it's pretty obvious to me you're a chicago guy right you, yeah you feel i like to hear that too because i'm uh proud to be a part of from fucking the middle of Chicago or from the burbs. I'm proud to be a part of this scene. Uh, and I'm really excited that a lot of the people have accepted me and, uh, you know, show me a lot of love and see. Yeah, man. I mean, you, I feel like, you know, I've, I've been doing the podcast for uh, three and a half years now or so. And I'd like to think I have a pretty good pulse in the local scene just from, doing my own research, interviewing people and hearing about it. And I feel like you just like popped all of a sudden, man. You came out with like all this great music. Like I was on the Richie Houghton lineup, which we'll get into uh, at Concord with Steve. 
And I was like, okay, who the fuck is this guy, right? And I, like, messaged Steve, and I was like, hey, who's this guy Ose? And he was like, oh, dude, this guy's, like, a sick techno producer. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah, dude. So I've, like, had, had like, my, a close eye on you, but I just went back through, like, I've listened to your music before, but I always like to do a day of. Like, I went on a run today, and I listened to your 30-minute mix, like, I'm such a big fan of music, dude. Like, such a big fan. It's like not, not your And I was talking with another one of our mutual friends, Christian. Um, he's actually launching a new mod uh, called Christos. And we were talking about you guys had sent music to each other. And he was like, this guy's legit. And just listening back through everything, man, like, you really got your sound. Do you remember, like, thinking to yourself, I love techno, like, what was your first exposure to that type of music in general? Um, to be completely honest, I'm not entirely sure. I, yeah. like, especially for the kind of techno that I make. Um, I come from, like, a, uh, like, heavy metal, hardcore background. Okay. So, um... You know, a big artist from the beginning that uh, was really going between, like, rock and electronic music was, like everybody else would say, uh, Prodigy. Yeah. Um, and that's probably the first that I, the first recollection of, like, electronic music that I have mm-hmm. uh, that really interested me. Yeah. And the uh of uh, some techno stuff like Richie Hound like for some reason has always been uh on my radar like even if I wasn't really listening to techno which for a lot of my life I wasn't yeah um, he was always on my radar but my interest really sprouted when dubstep started coming to the states okay um, and I mean, one of one that I was really into because he was kind of like me, like which a lot of people are nowadays that are producers, like metalheads or whatever, which so is true. really weird. Um, <laughs> but it's true. Yeah, it was big chocolate. So like uh, older, like I guess not older, but like when really when dubstep was coming to the states, that was is what got me interested because I was like, what the f- fuck like i've been in a studio and I, <laughs> guitars, I play basses or what drums whatever like what the fuck is this and why and how are they doing this i don't understand it i just don't yeah and so i think that's probably what really got me into it and then dubstep just got boring to me like and i think it really is now very tired and boring besides like certain people like honestly there's only a very select few like like sudden death and uh <laughs> sudden death like there's not that many people that are innovating like maybe peekaboo and like i mean guys from chicago even like we have so many awesome fucking producers um yeah. like Glenn and the Spicy Boys, Melodic, Malachi, yeah. uh, Vermilion. Like, those guys are super sick, but, like, there's so many people that are just biting other people's styles, and it's that's, yeah. not, that's not what dubstep is about. That's not what techno is about. That's not what electronic music is about. It's about 
like futurism and weird weird futuristic shit i don't know you know like that's hard to put into words yeah but like i feel like once you do it you can put it into words and then people can copy and then people do copy it but that's not gonna make that's not gonna make something that's gonna last you know yeah absolutely i totally agree with you because like when I went to college, it was 2011, it was the height of progressive and EDM, right? Like the classic EDM, the Avicis, the Alessos, the Swedish. But also at the same time, trap was kind of making a big boom there. You know, like original Don, Flosher, Domus, Renix, like that was getting played at like colleges and stuff. And then, you know, that kind of teared off a little bit other than the guys that stayed at the top, right? And then dubstep and rhythm came in and then it was big room at the same time too. But we both know, since we're so into it, house and techno, we're, we're always kind of in the background, but never going down, right? Just like, kind of like a bass fan falls off, but still loves it, so they get into house and techno. A dubstep fan kind of falls off, but still loves it, and gets into house and techno. EDM, I, like me, right? You have to grow up sometime. You have to, man. And I always say it's like, you can't jump forever, you can't headbang forever, but you can two-step and fist bump, right? Like, all fucking man, night. Hardcore shows and get the fucking shit beaten out of me and beat the shit out of people. You can't do that forever, or else you you become a fucking straight edge kid that becomes an alcoholic because it's an <laughs> alcoholic and you were fucking beating the shit out of each other. You know, like you, yeah. you gotta think for yourself. Uh, whether it's in hardcore music or EDM, you know, you have to think for your fucking self, and a lot of people don't think for themselves. I agree, man. I agree. So you said you you were in bands originally. Like what what? How old were you when you first started playing music? Uh, playing music probably like anywhere between five and eight. I'm not sure. I started playing the drums. My cousins, okay. my cousins played drums, and uh, one of them played guitar. So uh, I guess that's probably how I got into it. But also, I mean, I was always fucking beating the shit out of pots and pans and stuff. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, in school, like I at parent teachers conferences, they'd be like, "Oh, I mean, he's so sweet, but like, he's always tapping on the fucking desks. He won't fucking stop." And my mom would be like, "Just go up to him, put your hands on his hands. He'll stop. He knows what that means. Okay, just do that. It'll be good." Um, but yeah, I mean, uh. Drums was my first instrument, and then guitar, bass, and now I'm still trying to properly uh, become a very, very bad pianist. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I guess music has probably always been in my life for what I can remember, whether it was hearing it or playing it. Yeah, of course. Was Were you ever, like, into DJing or, like, you obviously, what's called producing, right? Like, playing instruments. Did you get behind Ableton before you got behind, um, you know, CDJs? CDJs, definitely, because I'm still a very bad DJ, in my opinion. (laughs) Um, But the way that I got into producing, like I said, I was really interested in in dubstep and how they were doing it and, like, what the fuck was happening because it just, like, honestly, now, some of the stuff you hear, like, or at least the stuff that you are like, wow, this is cool, because a bunch yeah. of shit has been done before. You're like, right. what are they doing? Why, why did they do this? How did they come up with this? 
Yeah. Um, but there's not a lot of that. Um, I completely lost my fucking train of thought. I mean, no, I'm, I was asking about, you know, when you were in Ableton and, like, when was the transition to, like... Oh, DJ? yeah. Um, I started DJing on this little t- tiny piece of shit, like, M-Audio. Um, yeah. And nice. my computer because I was... Because I had speakers and I was going to people's parties and listening to their shitty fucking music. Sitting <laughs> by myself drinking. And I was yeah. like, hey... I could play my own shitty music and sit in the corner and drink by myself. Why don't I do that? Right, right, right. That's how I got into that. Uh, and then uh, I always wanted to produce ever since I heard it because, like I said, I was like, what is this? What is going on? Uh, but actually the guys who were in the like heavy metal hardcore bands who were always way older than me and were – shit talkers just like i am would yeah. be like oh dude that shit's fucking lame whatever the fucking sucks and i was a, way younger than them so i was like fuck dude that shit is lame so i never really got into it until later when i started uh you know playing the music at parties and stuff um of course and then i just really got in, into it hardcore because i was tired of going to those fucking parties with the same sad people drinking the same shitty beer uh, <laughs> and the same bad drugs that I told him wasn't Coke ever. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of just went into quarantine mode like we're all in now and yeah. uh, fucking started doing something that actually mattered to me. Absolutely, man. And, you know, I was, I was thinking about something about you and <clears> – <throat> Obviously, we have a lot of friends who their main income is DJing, you know, and they play all the different places, right? Like, and that's a tough road in and of itself. But I would say you're taking the road less traveled, obviously, right? Like the guy who is a producer, the guy who's building a brand, the guy who wants to get booked to play your music, right? Did you ever think like, oh, because you, I mean, we, you know, like if you wanted to, you could become an open format DJ if you wanted to, right? But you obviously don't want to do that. Like, did you ever have, like, a thought in your head, oh, I, I don't want to be that type of DJ, but I do love this music. I got to think long-term. Um, I don't think, I don't think I ever really thought of being an open format DJ. I don't have anything against it. Yeah. But I've always just kind of, you know, whether I was producing music on a computer or, you know, engineering or playing the drums on or guitar on a record like i've always just been a musician like i just like i like noise noise helps distract me from the annoying stuff that's going on in my head and it helps so many other people too and that's what i want to do with my noise you know yes absolutely it's yeah I like that, man. That's actually the fucking perfect answer for you. Seriously, like you're you're never gonna change who you are to make other people happy. Oh no, and it certainly made a few few people angry. <laughs> Guess what? They weren't meant to be in your life anyway, bro. Well, absolutely not. We got people like you, Shermy boy. All good, bro. I don't know. Like, horns up, baby. Let's go. <laughs> the, the cool thing about the the, the horns. Is yeah. you know that kind of hail Satan, but this is I love you, so I like throwing up that. <laughs> ah, 
shit. I love you, but it's also kind of like, fuck yeah, rock on. Yeah, you're right. Okay. The more important part is that I love you, but the rock on, you know, you gotta have a little bit of grit. <laughs> this is almost funnier doing it over Skype with you. <laughs> you, look, you, look, you look badass, but you're really saying, I love you. Which yeah. is, I think it's cool, but most people might say it's kind of lame. I don't know. No, dude, I'm a, I am like rocking, bro. That's my thing. The guitar. I want to fucking rock and roll, man. I want to bring back the 80s. I want to bring back the late 70s. Like, everybody needs to be on that rock and roll attitude, right? Dude, I mean, yeah, but it, I mean, it kind of sounds like you're telling everybody to do cocaine right now, to be honest. Well, look, I just want everybody to act like it's time to rock and roll. It's time to fucking put things into play. It's time to make moves. Although, it's a terrible time right now, considering I'm in my sweatpants. I'm in a, I was in a grout fit, actually, so... Can't really oh, it's, rock a, and roll. it's a great time to think about your, I mean, I don't, not think about yourself, but like, um, yeah, think about yourself and pamper yourself and do whatever you have to do to make yourself better. Like, yeah. a lot of people don't have time to make themselves better because they're stuck at a shitty job in a shitty office where they have two hours of work that they have to spread out for eight hours. So. Yeah. It's important to fucking take advantage of that six extra hours that you used to have to stretch out that two hours of working and just fucking work on what matters and which is yourself. Yeah, dude, absolutely. That's the rock and roll attitude, Wade. See, you're already living it. Rock and roll, baby. Dude, I want to know, you had a lot of, uh, you know, obviously inspirations growing up. Who maybe were they when you were into... You know, I guess death metal, and then nowadays as well, musically, personally, whatever it might be. Um, I got some hair in my mouth. Um, <laughs> it happens uh, all the time to you, right? It does. It's <laughs> awful. When it pictures me with the headphones on, like all my hair is like pushed up. Yeah. Well, I hate it. Um, <laughs> but um, early influences. I mean, my favorite band of all of all time. Uh, well, in the like death metal, like uh, side would be Pig Destroyer. Like mm -hmm. the music is just so disgusting and vile and heavy, but yeah. like the lyrics are so poetic, and you can't even understand what he's fucking saying. But, like, <laughs> it, like when you look up the lyrics, it paints the most. It's not beautiful, but a beautiful picture in the sense of that it's so vivid it might yeah. be a little bit vulgar but it, the paint the pictures that he paints with his words are just so vivid um so that's i mean my all-time favorite uh agitator is one of my favorites uh which is a straight hardcore band which is kind of fun um i see why you're friends with steve gerard bro Oh yeah, I mean, Steve. I, I I met Steve because I was outside of Soundbar, fucking really hammered. I was like, "Hey, dude, like you know some of the people that I know," and he was like, "Okay." And I was like, "All right, dude, I'm gonna hit you up." And like now we have a track that like um, uh, is That's awesome. I would like to think, um, but yeah, and like people like uh, Tombs. Yep. Um, 
I met him at Spring Awakening. I don't know how the fuck long ago because uh, I was just walking around alone like I do. Like, I just go to shit alone because I'm a fucking weirdo. And uh, I had, like, a hardcore band shirt on. I think it was Expire. And Drew, who was Tombs, came up to me and he was like, dude, like, what's up with your shirt? Like, what the fuck are you doing here? I was like, I, I don't know, man. I just like the music. I was like, what's up with your fucking shirt, man? Like, he had, like, a hardcore band on his shirt, too. And he's like, I don't know, man. I just like the fucking music. And I was like, <laughs> all right, man. Like, cool. And, uh... It took us a while to actually be buddies, but now we're really good buddies. And I think that goes for something like just, which I wanted to mention in this is to just go out and fucking meet people. If you don't have any friends or you don't want to, these friends don't want to come to the event with you, go out and fucking talk to people. You might need to, put a couple of drinks in you before you do it, but don't be friendly. And if you can offer a helping hand, um, you know, be there for people. Like it's so easy to, to progress if you're a fucking a good person, as long as it's uh, real, as long as it's true. You know? Yeah. You got to be there, bro. I respect yeah. the shit out of you for doing that, man. Like you do, you got to go outside your comfort zone. That's how you progress in life. You live inside that, and you extend and you extend that zone over and over and over. I like I like that you said that. A lot of people, few people, have said they like to they'll go to things alone. That takes a lot of courage, man. I mean, what what you opened up with, right? Like you had a lot of insecurities. Yeah, you got to have a few drinks just to spark up a conversation, right? Like that's like a, a industry guy's way of like picking up girls, like girls you know it's like oh, oh man i really don't pick up any fucking girls man yeah, we don't pick up any girls we talk like productions and like whatever it might be right yeah i don't think <laughs> girls are in the fucking no so no. uh yeah I, it doesn't work too well for me yeah of course well what about uh what about electronic music inspiration you mentioned richie houghton of course too anybody else um richie houghton uh big chocolate yeah. Um, one that I would prefer not to mention, uh, in the realms of excision, big chocolate, Skrillex. Yeah. Um, um, and like, just like weird fucking weirdos on synths back in the seventies and the eighties. Like you said, like, uh, Prince Roger Nelson is one of my heroes. Rick James is one of my heroes. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, is one of my heroes. Yeah. And aside from, or, or, and I said, uh, Pig Destroyer is my favorite. One of my favorite bands. My other favorite band is Earth, Wind, and Fire. So <laughs> I'm into, yeah. and I, I'm 100% serious. Like, I listen to this shit fucking all the time. And, uh, like, that is like real dance music, like real dancing music, not dance music, dancing music. Like you have no fucking choice. Like if you hear fucking super freak at the wedding or whatever, you're going to fucking dance because it's fucking Rick James. Yeah. You know, like that is real dance music. Like I love dancing to house and techno and fucking whatever electronic music, but yeah, real dance music is like, funk and disco you know dancing music versus dance music 
Yeah, and I I might have just started a whole debate here on your podcast. I don't know. I love but, that. No, that music has soul, dude. Like something comes out of you that's uncontrollable. I couldn't agree more. Earth, Wind, and Fire, dude. Legends. Prince. Earth and Wind, Fire, Earth and Fire. Yeah. My favorite favorite song of all time. One hundred percent. Is what? Evolution Orange by Earth, Wind, oh, dude. God damn. I I'm haven't heard that in so long. I'm right after this is over. I'm blasting it. <laughs> Do it, man. Oh, man, it's a good one. Rest in peace to Maurice. I never got to see him. It was a real bummer to me. Rest in peace. I didn't know that I had such a big fire band on here. Dude, awesome. I'm a fucking weirdo. I swear to God. <laughs> Like look up look up Pig Destroyer too. Look up Pig Destroyer and then look up Earthman and Fire and be like, why does he like both of these? This doesn't make any sense. And then at the same time I'll understand everything about you. I don't know. I'm pretty weird. You met me a couple times. I don't I don't think I, was, I don't think you'll understand it all. Because I don't fucking understand it all. <laughs> I think that's as close as we can get for right now at this point in life, then, right? <laughs> yeah. It's okay to not know yourself as long as you're willing to learn about yourself. If you don't know yourself and you're like, and you push it away and don't want to learn other people's uh, experiences and uh, vices and problems, then you're not going to learn very much. You're just going to be stuck in your own little world, which it is your own little world. Yeah. But you also have to intersect with other people's world and make sure that they're doing okay as well. Yeah, absolutely, man. I agree. Out of thought. Sorry. No, I do. That's why we do this, man. We're just talking, bro. I I completely agree with you. I'm gonna listen to that song though. Well said. Great answer. Great inspirations. Pig Destroyer. I I remember that. I went through a little. I did the screamo was a lot for me, but I did teeter totter on trying to understand it, and I respect it. I will say that I respect it. It is poetic, actually. It's crazy. You, you think that they're saying terrible things, and they're not. I mean, music it, music is noise. Noise is vibrations. Everything is vibrations. Either everything is music or nothing is music. You don't get the fuck to suck what is music, you know? Yeah. Well said, dude. You're, you are a very well-spoken guy, low-key, for real. Hey, sitting by yourself for extended periods of time tends to be back to you. <laughs> now, speaking of sitting by yourself, you're in your awesome studio, which is looks so dope, man. Like, what a great setup. Um, how long have you had it like that? Like, I love the two lamps. You obviously have MIDI controllers. Is that your interface right there? What am I looking at? Um, the top is an interface. This is a microphone amp and a guitar tuner to our right. And then under that, we got the Xbox, you already know. <laughs> <clears throat> and then Patch Bay, this is my swing mixer. Um, and then a bunch of EQs. Uh, is that analog there, too? That looks pretty dope. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff, man. We we would have had you out here, but fucking. I'm gonna come Corona, out, bro. Man. Corona. I gotta um, I gotta do a tour in Naperville, bro. I gotta step out there and see you. I gotta step out there and see John Garecki. All the whole fucking homies are in Naperville. I'm not in Naperville. I'm not in Naperville. Where are you? 
Simmons uh, Park, which might as well be Naperville. And <laughs> if it's not Chicago, it's Naperville, really, or uh, Schaumburg. Yeah, so, okay. You're right, you're right, you're right. Well, I definitely got to come out there because that looks like a why I say, you know, I'm, I'm from Chicago, I'm from Burbs, you know, I, because people get butthurt about it, and I can understand it. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll fucking, I'll throw down like I'm from Chicago, let's get it. Yeah. Well, when you're touring the world, you're not going to say you're from Tinley Park. <laughs> no, I'm not, because everyone's going to be like, what? okay, okay. But I do have a lot of uh, pride from where I'm from, and especially uh, where I went to school, which is Tinley Park High School, because, like, I didn't do a goddamn thing, but they knew that I was a good kid, so they, like, pushed me along, you know? So Yeah, absolutely, it. man. But I, I wanted to ask you, right, like, you, to me, like, listening through your music, maybe let's, for someone who's listening that doesn't fully understand techno, right, like, what would you define as your genre? If you could put it in a, a general umbrella and then maybe take a deeper dive into what it is. Hypnotizing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is, dude. Your shit is hypnotizing. Do you hypnotize yourself when you produce? I do, but a lot of other factors come into play. Let's just keep it at that. Yeah. Dude, I mean, I ran through your catalog today. I already said I'm a big fan of your music. I'm going to say it again right now. I'm a big fan of your music. And I just feel like there's something different about what you're doing. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm sure you feel similar. Do you think you could put into words what you are doing differently? Whether it be like on the back end or your inspirations or, you know, if you could put it into words. Um, I don't think there's really much to it besides uh, I really enjoy it. Like, yeah, uh, the finished product for me is not so much for me. It's kind of for whoever wants to hear it because I think a big part of making art is releasing that art to the world because if mm -hmm. it isn't released to the world then it's kind of just a project that you did it's not really art yeah so i think to make the truest form of music in your mind's eye or mind's ear is to yeah. just have fun get completely lost in it like there's no better feeling than completely fucking blacking out because you just made a fucking beat for seven hours and you're like, what the fuck is this? What is this? How did I make this? What is this? You know? <laughs> like, there's no better feeling like that. And I, you know, I have these problems, but there's a lot of people that will never fucking feel that high. And it's so much better than any drug that you could ever take, you know? Yeah. Dude, fucking great answer because that is what's different, right? It's like how much you actually care about what you're putting into it. Yeah, And there are a lot of things that left, I mean, probably some of the best paintings, some of the best productions, some of the best whatever, right, are sitting under the table somewhere. And you've put out a lot of music. How many tracks have you released? 15? Uh, yeah, I think 15. I have three uh, or five three-song EPs. Right. And, dude, a question that I'm going to bring up right now is your branding, right? Like. Your Instagram is dope as fuck. Like, all of your photos, like, everything, it's, like, it's all wrapped up into one thing. But when I feel like when I go into it, 
there's so many things going on. Like, what do you do when you were like first getting things going? Were you like, I'm not going to release a single, I'm going to do an EP. And also when I share things on Instagram and social media, like you obviously are doing something, right? What was your thought process before you launched this brand? It's all about keeping people's attention. Yeah. Uh, so however you can do that, whether it's with, you know, funny vlogs or good music or cool Instagram posts, that's what you have to do. For me, the most cost-effective way, to be honest, is to do what I do uh, with the three-wide Instagram posts because yeah. you said there's this image and then you go into it and it's a, a whole different thing and you have a very heartfelt message from me because I, I care about that thing, you know? Yeah. So I think it's just uh, painting a picture and making something that whoever the listener is, is proud to be a part of. Yeah, and excited to be part of it. If they listen to this music and show a friend, they're going to be excited because they're going to say, I am 5150. Like, I fuck with this guy. I fuck with his label. I fuck with all this stuff because I feel good about it. I feel like I feel it's pure. You know? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And I don't know if you were thinking about this, but when I was listening through everything and looking through everything today, I feel like you're kind of writing a really long book. We don't know how long the book is, and maybe you're not finished yet, but you're releasing chapters at a time, like with these EPs, with these, you know, posts you're making. Like, do you have like a long term goal that's in mind and you're making short term goals? You kind of just go in with the flow. Uh, I think it's important to go with the flow, but I also think it's important to plan how to try and plan how that flow goes yeah so i mean you should always be writing daily weekly monthly yearly 5 10 20 year goals yeah but the most important part of uh goal setting is definitely the daily weekly monthly goals because that helps you get to those bigger goals and I think that's something that most people don't focus on is uh, the weekly, monthly goals. But those are the most important because it's really easy to say, I'm going to fucking release on this label or play this festival at this time. But it's a lot harder to say, I'm going to write a song every week until yeah. So I think that's the most important part, which is – and really short answer is just being fucking real with yourself. Yeah. A fucking realistic goal is not to play EDC next month, you know? <laughs> a realistic goal is to fucking make a lot of music and do a really cool concept with the art and release it and have a lot of people like it. And in four or five years, I'll play EDC or play whatever you want or release on whatever label you want or do whatever you want because you can fucking do it as long as you put in the work. Absolutely, man. You have to hold yourself accountable. You have to manage realistic expectations and make tangible goals. I There's so many people like it comes up almost every time, man. And, and that's why I, I love interviewing guys like yourself who are not only ambitious and have these goals, 
but are driven to make them happen. And you know that there are lots of little baby steps, one-inch punches, whatever you want to say, that will take you to that big long-term goal. But it's important to understand how to get there. Yeah, and perspective is everything. A baby step to me, or a, a baby step to fucking Fisher or Adam Byer or Green Velvet or whoever is fucking huge is yeah. a kind in my world. Yeah. So it's important <laughs> to not compare yourself to others, whether it is someone as big as those guys or just someone who you're peers with in comparing yourself, you should align yourself with those people and make friends out of them and help them do what they want to do. So they can help you do what they what you want to do. Dude. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I love that. Keep doing what you're doing, bro. Cause I see you making moves and I, and I really respect that you're hustling and, and I see that and people see that too. So I'm excited to see what the future holds for you. Cheers to that. Cheers. records tell us what that means what it is what we need to know okay this is gonna be a long one so i'm gonna pour a little bit of uh (laughs) four roses i would love the sponsor guys (laughs) so um 51.50 is a California law code that uh, uh, a person or persons is a danger to themselves or others. And at a point in my life before I went to ICON, I was, I mean, for a lot of my life, I probably have, but really at that time when I was just so tired of seeing the same fucking miserable people at the same shitty bars, yeah, uh, yeah. With the same cheap alcohol. <laughs> I had to get away from it, and I found a way to get away from it into music and learning how to produce music. Um, so along with the actual meaning of it, uh, one of my favorite bands uh, is Van Halen, and all along more of a um, David Lee Roth guy, fifty-one fifty is a great Van record. So that's part of where that came from, but mostly from the literal meaning of the uh, basically you being a danger to to yourselves. And I was just fucking miserable doing the same things. Every weekend, you know, everybody's working for the weekend at their shitty fucking jobs that they hate just to go spend a couple hundred dollars at the bar. And I just got really tired of that. So I said, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to drink. I'm going to sit and make music. And eventually I found uh, Icon Collective and I kind of just, you know, in the middle of the night fucking getting high fucking doing whatever i submitted an application with uh, a song and uh to my surprise about six days before i had to leave illinois or not six days before six days before i started class they called me and said uh they have uh, a, uh in their uh winter class yeah. um 
and I was working at the time, and I was, they called me and said this, and I was like, yeah, no, like, that's, li- like, I'm in fucking Illinois right now, that's 2,400 <laughs> miles, no, and uh, I talked to my mom later uh, in the week or something, or in the day or whatever, and she was like, oh, cool, so, like, what'd you say, and I was like, no, fuck no, and she's like, well, why would you wait? And I was like, well, fuck, that's a good, that's a good question because it was either that winter or the fall semester or the winter semester. It's like, why wait three months? Yeah. Just because you're here, why fucking wait? And that kind of comes full circle to fifty one fifty. Is that like, I mean, pe- people aren't signing my records. I'm like, why fucking wait? What is gonna happen? I'm not. I don't play that many gigs. I don't do whatever that I could do to fucking promote myself. So I have to put out music. Yeah. Yeah. So why fucking wait? You got to put out music. You got to build yourself that way. Make cool fucking album covers, do visuals when you can make it happen and afford it and just fucking do it. Why wait? I love that, man. And so if you release music on this, like I, I know, like I saw Nick Nice was involved with this. Like, what's what's the, what's the long term plans with it? Oh, oh, oh. Woo! I forgot. I forgot that this was straight whiskey and not a whiskey, a whiskey coke. Oh my god. It's like drinking fucking. Oh my god. Okay, cool. Okay. What? Okay. What did you just say? What did you hit me hard? I'm crazy. Jesus, Jesus. I said, uh, what did I even say? You're distracting me. Um,. I saw you were going to do an event. Obviously, you had to cancel it, unfortunately. But Nick Nice was involved. Like, what's the long-term plans with the label? Like, is it going to be music you you release, of course? Like, is it going to be techno? Is it going to be anything? Um, It's going to be mostly house and techno, but that's really not the point. The point is just to have a platform myself where I can express myself in a little bit more of a different way. 5150 is supposed to be a little bit more um, like accepting. Like Ose is a little bit darker, but I want 5150 to be a little bit more uh, chilled out for the, a lack of a better term. Uh, yeah, But yeah, like it's music I release and eventually I want to release other people's music as well. But at this time, like, I don't want to take someone's beautiful piece of art and take it for granted because I don't have the platform to really promote uh, that person's music for now. Right. Once I have that platform, I would love to do that. But at this point, I feel like it'd just be kind of throwing it in the, in the trash. Yeah, absolutely. I love that, man. Like, it's a label without limits. You're accepting You're if anybody wants to put their ad out there. That's beautiful. Seriously, good for you. Anybody who watches this and listens, fifty-one fifty, bro. Branding's on point too, of course. The, the t-shirts you sent me today, those t-shirts, right? Dude. Yeah, that's something that I've been doing uh, a little bit more of is uh, designing for the uh, like spring summer collection for fifty-one fifty. 
It's sick. I love that type of shit. Like, sign me up. You let me know when those are live because I want one. So dope. I don't know if I should say this on the podcast. I'm going to get a little care package, okay? But everybody <laughs> else, you still got to pay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to send you a care package, too. I just got shirts in as well. Look at us both yeah, making moves. You got to. You got to. You got to, bro. You got to. Cheers to fifty one fifty. You got did you put Coke in there yet? No, I don't have any, man. I'm just <laughs> this shit. You can hear me slur my words a little bit there, so that was cool. That's okay. The connection oh, broke I... out. You're clean. You're you're clean. clean. <laughs> now wait, I wanna ask you and I don't agree with this, but you said you're not a good DJ. I would like to wholeheartedly disagree. Um when I saw you DJ Spy Bar right before me, fucking dope. Um, I had seen you another time before, and I heard you played a six set at Conquer with Richie Houghton. So, dude, you're getting great opportunities. And also, shout out to Isaiah. I know he's watching this. He's a big fan of you he's, too. He's my he's my family straight up. Dude, like, he's such a good guy, man. I got a lot of love for him. He's 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 really like. He's really, like, in touch with the scene, works hard. He's a very unique guy. I fucking love his hustle. He's, he's yeah, a genius. Yeah, man, that motherfucker, he's in touch with the scene, but he can't return my goddamn text. That motherfucker. <laughs> he ain't in touch with me, I'll tell you that right now. Okay, yeah, maybe not in touch with people via communication, texts, and emails, uh, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he is... A crusader for the local scene. It, like, I mean, Concord, the talent that they have through, have come through, but even just the bricks that have been laid there, like the, the venue and the people that work there are just so special. So, to the opportunity, uh, like you have, or I have, or whoever has to play there is just amazing because everything from the ownership to the fucking people that clean the bathrooms are just amazing, beautiful yeah. people. And, like, you, you could, if if the security and, like, the bar staff and whatever, if all the people that worked at the Concord were at show there and nobody else, like, no fans were there, it would be the best show ever. Like, they're just such good people. I completely agree. Just from the fucking lighting man to the stage man, or guys like I, I dude, you're like the first people I donated this whole thing. I was like, hundred bucks, Concord, fucking. I mean, they've given me so many great opportunities. Um, anyway, I got sidetracked because Isaiah's the fucking man. Damn it, Isaiah. Why do you have to be so cool? Um, <laughs> I want to ask you, like, when you DJ live, especially your type of music. What goes through your head, like, with preparation into a set, especially maybe let's talk about the Richie Houghton example specifically, right? Like, what do you do to prep? How much of your own music are you playing? What's the message you're trying to send to the people there? Um, For the Richie Houghton, <clears throat> for the Richie Houghton show, I didn't really have that much music that I could use because a lot I was opening up and a lot of the music that I have is just like really straight hard techno part right. of what I was going through my head during that was just to be respectful but also to not compromise at all you know because you can listen to the set on mixed cloud like I don't 
necessarily think it was an opening set, but if you saw a festival set or like something where it was no holds bar Ose, yeah, like it would definitely be a little bit different. Um, right. So I think something that you should think about is being respectful, but also being a hundred percent and not compromising yourself at all, no matter who the DJ is or whatever, you know? And that means like, if like my music is pretty aggressive. So like if I'm playing for not as aggressive, if I play my music too fucking bad, it's my music. But if you play, <laughs> if you play like, you know, if you play like a, a fish track, which is not necessarily as hard, but I'm saying like, you shouldn't play that as a fucking opening DJ. Like yeah. that's different. But if if my so if I'm Fisher and I'm the opening DJ, because it's my fucking song. Right. So I think as long as you are using material that nobody else can use, mm-hmm. you can do your thing. But if you're just <clears throat> if you're just there to get people in to the night, which I was there for, but I mean yeah, I, I've now that I'm thinking about it, I guess I feel kind of stupid because being respectful is <clears throat> very important. But I do feel like if it's my fucking music, I came here to play my music, whether it was to warm people up or to play the headline set. If it's my music, it's my music. I can play it no matter how hard it is. So I think that as long as you're playing um, a lot, as much original music as you can, which I didn't in my Ridgie Houghton set because the shit was like too hard. It was like straight fucking acid. Like, <laughs> turned up fucking just like annoying hard techno. Um, one original that was pretty good, but um. Just knowing your crowd, knowing your library, knowing you are going to follow or uh, be before. Um, yeah. Just thinking about the audience because it's it's not always about you, you know. Like I want to be there to play my music, but I need to be able to play my music in the correct order that makes the audience happy because it's not about me. I might be playing my music, but it's not about me. It's about the audience. Yeah, absolutely, man. I love that. And, you know, it's it's great because I don't think you ever have seen yourself like you're going to get opportunities where you're going to be the opener, obviously, over the next few years. But you're envisioning yourself as a headliner, someone who plays music that either A is like you're going to know it's OSA uh-huh. music, right? But I, I love that, actually. I love that answer, man. Like, looking at the crowd, too, thinking about their perspective. You've been to a lot of shows, right? And I think we can tell the difference between who's a good DJ, a bad DJ, whatever. Right? So, I see your perspective. Uh, absolutely. I, that's actually <clears> – <throat> I could pivot into a bit of a funny story from when we played together at the Spy yeah. Bar. Yeah. You know, whenever you're playing – no matter how good or bad your set is, there's always going to be some people saying, sure, good fucking set. Oh, say, fucking set. That was fucking sick. And when they say that, you're like, oh my, oh my God, no, it wasn't. It makes you feel even worse. But, like, really, you've played yeah. a fun set. But um, Spy Bar, 
a friend of ours, um, and since I don't want anyone to take it the wrong way, I'm not going to say her name. I got off and I was talking to someone and I was like, oh, said whatever. And then this person, he was like, dude. And I was like, dude, how was it? And he was like, that fucking sucked, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, right. he's so right. And he was like, you know, like, dude, the track selection was really good. Like, I, and if the track selection wasn't really good, I would have fucking, I would have put someone else on because, like, your mixing was just so bad. And I was like, okay, like, I need, like, a lot of people will be like, dude, what? What do you fucking mean? Like, no, like, I fucked up and I know that I fucked up. So this means a lot to me. And I fucking love it. it. Like, this is way better than anyone telling me I played the greatest ever. You know, I would, I respect the person that tells me I fucking was awful a lot more than the person <laughs> telling me I had the best set of the night. You know? Yeah. Yeah. People don't, yeah. people aren't our honest enough i would say to a certain extent too so whoever that was maybe true for them as well but oh i know it's because it was it, like he is a, a friend and i, I looked up to him he was like i'm like that fucking sucked like if it was someone that i didn't respect it would probably be a little bit different but at the same time i think it sucked up who knows <laughs> definitely i love that way now, I want to loop back to something you talked about in the beginning. And, and if, if you're open to maybe talking about it a little more, it was, you know, obviously your insecurities yeah, growing yeah. up. Do you think that's been one of the biggest obstacles you've had to overcome as a producer, as growing into who you are today? And, you know, tell us more about it. Um, I mean, I've always been fat and ugly. So, that, I mean, I, <laughs> you know, take that with a grain of salt. It's a funny thing, you know. Um. So, Oh, that's something that's always been a factor. It's really easy to make fun of the black kid or the Mexican kid or the fat kid because it sticks out, yeah. especially when we we were younger. Um, yeah. yeah. So something that I really struggled with, but I found solace in in music during that. And I mean, as much as it sucked, there was there's still a lot of uh, things, you know. Uh, hopefully people have their their families around them and uh, friends and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're going through a tough time, it's really hard to notice that stuff, but it's really easy to escape it if you have something like music. And very easily music could be replaced with alcohol or drug abuse or sex addiction, you know? So it's a uh, very good to have something like music. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, um, I don't know. I think that when I was, you know, when I'm making music or when people look at Osave, they probably won't necessarily see my picture first. You know, they'll see like the, the like uh, 3D like lady that I put in a lot of my um, lines. <laughs> and like they won't think about me so i think that's a bit of a lesson is that like you can it's like you know that mouse or marshmallow whatever like that mask doesn't come from a a branding stunt unless you're marshmallow no sorry but like <laughs> like that comes from insecurities so 
in a very weird adverse way um putting that mask on is like uh honoring your insecurities and like putting them forward and like being role, which is very important to growing i think so i kind of uh put that in in my music like a lot of my music is about uh, necessarily in, in Osei because it's kind of about having fun and partying. Um, but in a lot of my other music, it's about being miserable and fucking depressed and sad. So uh, being vulnerable yeah. is really a good way to overcome your insecurities and realize that your insecurities are really the same as everybody else's, even though they're disguised a little bit differently. Yeah, absolutely, man. And and you brought it up in one way or another about, about before you jump to the icon. I think everybody kind of has. I had a similar feeling, you know, when I was in college. It was like I'm doing everything that everybody else is doing. Like I didn't have any other very good friends, electronic music. I had no DJ friends except a few, right? And especially when I got in a house in techno, a lot of friends I grew up with don't love it as much, right? And I realized when I was growing up that I was kind of selling myself short, you know, not doing all the things that I fully wanted to do. You know, growing up in Indiana, man, like, it's like you said, it's like, it's, it's, it's very stereotypical, right? And yeah, I might be a white guy from Indiana who's fucking half Jewish, right? Like, as stereotypical as that might be, it's not also who I am all the way. Right? It's part of my personality, but I couldn't I couldn't relate more with you on that, man. And I love that answer because everybody has their own battles to overcome. Everybody has their own vices that they deal with. And everybody guises their insecurities in a different way. And you said that perfectly. So I, I feel you, bro. I really do. Absolutely, which is why it's very important to fucking care about your neighbors and care about the people that you really love, because they, whether you can see it or not, whether they are your caregiver or not, mm-hmm. they're their own. They, they need their own help. They need their own caregiver. Absolutely, man. A little bit goes a long way. That's like the motto of this interview, bro. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a fucking great, uh, great motto to have, especially without springing it on people uh, yeah. intentionally, you know, like just kind of letting it breathe. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's it. Wait, I want to ask the last question, bro. You've been making a lot of moves. We got some more music coming. What's up on the 2020 with you? Um, definitely a lot of music. Hoping to get it released on some other labels other than 5150. Okay. Hopefully, uh, in between that, I can get some more traction with 5150 and be able to promote other people's music through it. Nice. Just thrown it in the garbage because I don't have the audience to share it with. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> lots of clothes, lots of cool clothes from 5050 events. Once we can get back to uh, giving each other hugs and kisses, <laughs> um, and just keeping the zone, uh, keeping the same hardcore. Uh, ethics 
uh, of techno that people didn't even know were there. Peace and love and acceptance and just being a family and just listening to good fucking music. Mm-hmm. More Earth, Wind. More Earth Wind. Oh, lots of Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> All of the fucking Earth, Wind, and Fire, man. Dude, do you have a favorite track that you made personally? Um, I guess probably, um, just the whole laser focus EP that I just put out and that I've, I'm still proud of. As a producer, it's kind of, or a musician or artist in general, it's kind of hard to stand behind your product. Yeah. Uh, once you yeah. out, because you're just like, oh my God, I'm missing that. But these tracks uh, are probably the first tracks that I put out that I can still listen to and enjoy. Um, and I think really setting me in off into a really good direction of uh, quality control. Love that, man. Love that, man. It's exciting. It's, it's so much different when you get feedback from other people and you finally put it out there. But... You did it, man. And that's more than what most people can say. So props to you, brother. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Props to you. I texted you once I saw the fucking, uh, whatever, you know what it's fucking called interview. And I was like, man, like, he's good on fucking camera, but he's like a fucking public speaker now, too. This is crazy. <laughs> the, the panel verified, yeah. Oh, you're about to be a politician. I'm about to hate you real soon. I'm not gonna be a politician. Oh, you better not because I love it. But if that happens, oh man, I'd rather talk about things I like. (laughs) (laughs) Talking's easy for me because I'm always talking to people who are fucking fun and chasing me, bro. It's 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 amazing for me. So, dude, cheers to you, bro. I enjoyed this so much. I can't wait to hang out with you soon. Yeah, you're gonna have to come through. I promise. Should we do this? Do you promise, dude? All right, all right, all right. And then we do, and then we do, and I love you. I love you, Wade. You're fucking man, bro. Thanks for making your time, and happy, uh, happy quarantining. Happy quarantine, buddy. Love you and care about you. Let me know if you need anything. Sounds good, buddy. You're a man. You're a man. Later, baby. Bye.